pancake luncheon and a side of bacon please i i had the notion of you know sort of starting the interview like this where we just sort of this is how it begins rather than doing um would you please introduce yourself ryan Durr? Mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so i am recording now but there's no guarantee that all of this fluff and filler won't be cut that's fine dude i um i think it's apropos you know like there's when you become a parent there's just a shorthand of life where it's just like um let's just get to it because um either my kid's gonna like burst in and start demanding shit or (laughs) um i just don't have time to like do all the you know small talk so I know. Let's let's just jump in or let's get hammered or let's have sex now. Like whatever, you know, like all aspects of your life. It's just like jump to the chase. You are Ryan Durr. You work in advertising. You are a husband and father. If I remember correctly, you fancy yourself. uh, I almost said magician, a musician, (laughs) maybe a magician with the music. I can juggle. Yeah. You can juggle. And, I can juggle. And isn't that a metaphor for these days? No, but to what you were saying about, you know, finding shorthand as a parent, I remember when I found out we were pregnant, I started doing things extra hard because I thought, or I, I you know, I, I knew anecdotally, you know, that it was going to be tough. So like, for instance, instead, when I was breaking down cardboard boxes, instead of cutting the tape, I would have to, as masculinely as I could, rip every single one open mm-hmm. just because, like, that's what my dad from a ge- different generation would do. And I'm like, that's what it means to be a father, ripping open cardboard boxes, <laughs> you know, because it's going to be worse than this. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, um... <laughs> it's funny you say that because, like, I angrily busted down a ton of Amazon boxes the other day, and it was just so cathartic to, like, and literally it was like, I had the moment of, I can go get like the scissors or a straight razor and cut the bottom open, or I can stand out here by my trash can shirtless and I can just punch through this until it's broken down. And obviously that's the choice I went with. And yeah, it was a very manly moment. Sending an email doesn't bring the kind of satisfaction one needs in this in this you know pandemic era. There's no, yeah, there's no fulfillment fulfillment in that. And since we are all in our own sort of igloos, however they might be defined, it is so difficult to, yeah, get a feeling like since since we are always looking towards tomorrow and and you know doing the right thing and figuring shit out and having stuff thrown at us. Getting doing something physical, getting your hands dirty in some way is the reprieve from it all. It's you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, you know, I think for for guys like us and like and not just guys, but like people that work in any sort of industry or job where it's a very like abstract thing that you're doing, it I I think we have this like crisis where it's like I'm not outputting anything. I'm not working with my hands. I have no way of really seeing where my 40 to 60 hours are going, except like a commercial that people skip over. And so (laughs) I think, and especially when they do, they say, Ryan Durr, you failed me. (laughs) Um, 100%. But I think like, 
and and I think this is especially true for like our generation of guys who had dads that were you know the old definition of manly men like we feel this need to like do something and Mm -hmm. make something or break something right and so to be able to like go from advertising all week and then it's you know um go dig a ditch over the weekend it sounds like a horrible thing but at the but but sometimes it's like dude that felt amazing you can see that ditch yeah and every shovel it's fun it's funny that you say ditch so uh i i compost i um it is i am enamored with it uh i i get on my wife when she throws like green bean ends into the sink oh damn you're hardcore i mean i i start yelling i break dishes but like it's 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 again outside and so a little compost uh knowledge dropping here getting air into it is how you get the real earthy like kansas soil smell and so i was using it these giant 20 gallon buckets and i wasn't able to i wasn't able to stir up the bottom that well and i knew that and it was one of those things where like i don't know like an edgar Allan poe poem or something like where you just know something is down there you sense it you can hear it you know what i mean so i finally got a second 20 gallon 20, 20 gallon uh, garbage can. And I, so I, I up into the other one into it. And it was like that scene from the wire where they discover all the bodies and all the vacated townhouses. It was, it was the smell of, of, of shame. It was, uh, yeah, it was horrendous, but to, to the point. So now I've had to, to get rid of the smell and make sure the neighbors don't come after me with pitchforks. I then shovel like daily back and forth to start getting more oxygen in there. And it is, it is a fruitless endeavor, man. Like I don't need to do it that much, but getting out there with a shovel, probably confusing the hell out of my, my neighbors that back and forth. And by the way, it is smelling lovely. Now it's taken a a little bit of effort, but man, does it feel good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, one of my biggest shames in life right now is that I don't cut my own grass and it's like, it's a very fulfilling thing to do. Like, just like composting, like you do it every Saturday. And then when you're done, you can look at it and you're like, fuck yeah, I did that. But like, it's also totally, um, and it just gets you out of the house, right? Mm-hmm. Like away from everything. But it's it's also like a huge time suck. And so, yeah, I am ashamed to admit uh, that I spend like $125 a month to let other people cut it. But God, they do such a good job. And um, I don't have to worry about melanoma as much. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. I mean, you are not just sitting around watching your stories all day you've got shit going on so maybe it's a it's a reasonable effort for you know a reasonable investment towards your sanity maybe i i appreciate you like trying to make me feel better about maybe. that yeah. do you have more leisure time than i are you just maxing relaxing all cool no no <laughs> i mean so how then all right so we talked earlier about being like working dads are you I, I well you did just start second grade today yep how are you guys handling that is it a fixed schedule what's what's the schooling like with work in there too yeah dude it's um it's a super loosey goosey schedule of like you have to log on at 7:50 a.m. which 
is like, don't even get me started on public school start times right now. Um, so you have to log on at 7.50 a.m. And then I think they have like, it's their Zoom call goes until like 9.15 a.m. So a little over an hour, basically. And then from 9.15 to 2.30, it's work time. And then they have like another 30-minute Zoom call after that to like connect with the teacher and show what they've done. And it's just like, what the fuck? Are, what are you supposed to do for that duration of time? Are these, uh, are, is Owen being assigned a senior thesis already? Is that really like, is he getting heavy into research in those few hours? <laughs> First day he had five assignments. Jesus. Yeah. And it's like, it's five assignments that are not like, you know, oh, color this picture of Big Bird. It's, you know, like stuff that my wife had to like sit with him and, and do over his shoulder or with him, you know, there's a, here, there's an art project that they had to do. If you're listening, you're not going to see this, but they had to make like these faces. If, um, if you are listening at home or in your car on the way to work, <laughs> which people still do, I think, um, that looked like uh, the lead singer of the Sex Pistols. Yeah, I don't know where he is into this red and black spiky hair, but it's it's like it's become his Picasso blue period where it's on every character. So, but so my wife had to do one also just to keep him occupied. That's nice. You know, it's it's um I remember at the end of last year, so our kids start next week for with, with school and we we met our teachers and everything this week, but what was so frustrating, you know, what put us a little bit close to the threshold, maybe past the threshold of, of pointing fingers was that you're right. The assignments were so complicated, but it wasn't just that the assignments were complicated. It's that the apps that the assignments were uh, assigned through were also complicated mm -hmm. for first graders and no offense to the people making them but they could have used a user experience, you know, study, you know, they could have done a deep dive because even for adults who are relatively savvy, although I, I do still refer to the internet as the internet or the social media, <laughs> um, but it's, it's so challenging. So yeah, it, it, it makes almost the lesson itself or the assignment itself secondary. And I'm, I'm just so hopeful that our, our school learned the lesson because it was all scrambling at the end of the last year. Right. right. Dude, I'm sorry to hear about the open work time because we, we we got our schedule and what's actually pretty cool and gives us a little bit of hope is that our school blocked off um, amongst everybody in the second grade because, you know, I got twins and though they have different teachers, yeah. they're using a uniform schedule and there's like 20 minute lesson plan structures. Okay. So this is, you know, math, this is uh, uh, social studies, this is, you know whatever, whatever it might be. Um, civics, is that still a thing? Should be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> advanced, advanced calculus. Second that's grade exactly style. right. Yeah. I was an advanced calculus. My kids are going to be in advanced calculus. Um, <laughs> and so that gives us hope, but I mean, still, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's an 8am class to 2pm. So wait, how do you even, how do you guys even manage two at one time? Because like, just 
having one and juggling that between my wife and I, I can't imagine tossing a second grenade into that mix. It, so my canned line, which is honest, but it is, it's, it's higher highs and lower lows, right? So with, with all things with, with the twins, um, but you know, what, 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 what's difficult for me to wrap my head around are families that have kids on different, you know, different ages and different schedules, because at the very least now here, we can put them relatively near each other. And then, so we can play maybe a little zone defense and that's how we're going to try to get through it. If we can do zone defense during okay. the school day, that'll allow McCall and I to get our shit done and, you know, try to function in as normal a way as we can. That is probably optimistic because that is still, even if we bisect the day, I mean, that's still, you know, school starts at 8 a.m. You know how it goes. You're up way before then. Right. So I don't know, man. But having the twins is bonkers. But this is one of the moments where that is the silver lining. And I think these days, silver linings shine much brighter. You know what I mean? Like, we we definitely glom onto those little moments as 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 tight as tightly as we can. Yeah. Um. So that's cool. But like we we have friends who they had an older kid and then they had twins, and you know you just feel the shin kicking right there. Um. That I mean, not to steal your thunder, but one of my um close friends and partners, she um uh, her parents like I I don't even know. So they had. They had two kids mm -hmm. and they said one more. We want a third and then we're done. Yeah. Got pregnant. Triplets. <laughs> so she's, oh, part no. of, she's part of the triplets. Oh, so they no. went from two kids going to three to five. And like, I, I love my family. Like I can't, you know, it, it's, it's very cliche, but like, I can't imagine, um, loving anything more than I love my child. Like it is just all encompassing. But if you gave me five of them, you'll never see me again. I'm, I'm gone. I'm driving to Mexico and learning the language and that's it. Like I, I that is just, that's too much. You're going to go out for all the boxes of cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Dude. I, I, yeah, I, the, what makes it, I think and and having a kid you know helps helps one understand this but that you have to be you know like a logistics management expert to get out the door for so long and so you know if you have one kid or if you have you know one on one or you know but if you're like a single parent or if you start going beyond that then every little thing is amplified um, that was even before the pandemic, but every little need, every little bathroom break, every little everything is just such an ordeal. And that is if it's still going smoothly, not having, you know, accidents or tantrums or whatever it might right. be. Because, you know, that is arguably how, how you know, how you've got to sort of operate is be to be prepared for adversity in a lot of ways. And you know, you're just not when you have kids. I mean, you think you are, but you're not, you know, it's and you true. just try to fuck them up the least. That's it. You try to fuck them up the least. Try as yeah, you might. Totally. Totally. Yeah. You're going to fuck up your kids. It's just like, I have a saying, which is 
you don't need to be perfect. You just need to be slightly better than your dad. Hmm. Yeah, I take a lot of lessons from him. Um, you know, so I mentioned to you the other day, since my dad just recently passed, I'll tell you the one thing. So he he was great. And one of the things that I still say, you know, that I always said is that he was a super successful guy. I, I called him smart Forrest Gump because he played pro football, you know, Airborne Ranger Pathfinder. Wow. Uh, worked in the Pentagon. Um, Dude, uh, that's crazy. I didn't know all that about your dad. That's yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. He, he was on a, I think, semi-pro rugby league, Brussels and British Rugby League, uh, when he was stationed in Europe. And so, but the thing is, like, once he got into the business world, of, of course, then he was incredibly successful. He, like, never missed one of our soccer games. Like, you know, he didn't, he became a homebody because he, he'd seen enough. He'd seen his shit, you know, like, he yeah, traveled. Yeah. And so, um, that was the thing. And so, that's a hard one. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a... That's tough, but I still find the things like, you know, he did, we, we never, you know, we were never, he was, you know, again, coached, hung out, drove me everywhere, was there when I needed him, but we never hung out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, so let me ask you, did, did you have like a very, for, I don't formal for lack of better words, did you have a very formal relationship where you're with your dad, where it was like, this is my dad. I'm his son for your entire life or cause like that's how it is with me and my dad. And, um, and I envy some friends who are like legit buddies with their dad at this point in their life, you know? And like, that's what I'm aiming for with Owen. Like I want to be a great father and role model and, and teach him how to be a good person with boundaries and not just be his buddy. But when he gets to be a certain age, like I want him to feel like, Yo, my dad is genuinely my friend. Yeah. Yeah, it's the boundaries part that I'm working on because I want to have fun with him, but I as well do set those up. But that so that's the thing is there are moments when, you know, they're being just wonderful little bastards and just, you know, doing all the right kind of fuck uppery. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if I wasn't their dad, I would be rolling on the ground laughing. It is hysterical. Like when they are at their most monstrous, if I were to take a step back, that shit is funny. Yeah. It's great. But I can't. And so that's the thing is like, I'm just like yearning for when they're older. So uh, I can finally sort of let the guard down a little bit. And mm -hmm. from what I understand, you can't entirely. So we can, we can then laugh at that together. But, you know, I, I also then still have the things where I'm, I'm propagandizing them. I, uh, you know, <laughs> with things that I like, of course, you know uh comic books and nature documentaries and and shit like that what about with owen so what do you you know what are you getting in there now that you will be able to take advantage of later yeah it's um it's been a really like it's been a uh, it's been very eye-opening for me because i um i was super athletic like naturally athletic as a child and I was into comic books and basketball and every sport came easy to me. Reading came super easy to me. And I was an only child and, and, you know, I like, I was a latchkey kid. And so, you know, the one thing that I really wanted to, to be for Owen was like, you know, like you were saying, like I wanted to be the dad that was always present and there and hanging out and having fun with him. So that was priority number one, but it's been, a struggle for me to kind of come to terms and grips with this 
Um, the fact that like, he's not athletic, he's not into sports at all. He doesn't care about like Superman and Batman. Um, so a lot of the things that I grew up with that I was obsessed about that, like, you know, my mom or I held on to that I was going to pass on to him. It's just shit that he's not into. And, um, you know, it hasn't been hard, but it's just been a little bit like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to like control or dictate what his interests are. So I'm going to go along with the things that he's into and I'm going to try to appreciate them. So it's like, we're all about Pikachu in this house. You and I were talking about Lego masters earlier. Lego was not on my radar at all as a kid. And Owen is a Lego freak. So we can, I can sit next to him for an hour and we just free build and it's, you know, I suck at it. I don't particularly. We all know. Everybody knows, Ryan, you're terrible at Legos. (laughs) Everybody knows. But I can shoot a three pointer. So um, it doesn't matter. No. So, um, (laughs) and then, you know, not to get like uh, too divisive, but like I have no um, religious affiliations and Lisa, my wife and I have never like, you know, pushed anything on him. <laughs> and a couple months ago, he, he asked us a really weird and random question, which I love just the random questions that come from kids. And so he was like, hey, um, who's the boss of the world? And you know how like you have to kind of try to decode. Tony Danza. Tell me you said Tony Danza. <laughs> well, you know how you try to decode like. <laughs> what is he actually trying to ask? So we were like, do you mean the president of the United States? And he's like, no, I'm talking about the boss of the entire world. And, you know, I was like, well, there isn't one. Like every country has their own president or leader or king or whatever. He's like, uh, no, but like, isn't Jesus the, the boss of the world? And my, Lisa and I looked at each other. We're like, what do we do here? Because, we both were like, no, we don't believe that, but I don't want to lean on him at, at him being eight years old and influence that. Right. So it was just like, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Some, some people believe that, right. Other people don't, other people believe this and that, and, um, you know, you can figure it out later. That's almost verbatim what we say. Some people believe that. And, and we have family members that are uh, still quite devout, but we haven't, yeah, we haven't taken our kids to church, but they did go to a religiously affiliated preschool. So, Same. yeah. Yeah. And so that's where a lot of these questions came, came up and yeah, I'm not, um, I'm not uh, opposed to that. And we've talked about it because at the very least, you know, there's the uh, sense of community, but honestly, because, you know, we work so much these days, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to muster going to a church Sunday morning <laughs> when, you know, like we're with the kids all day. We're active parents. We still we still try to find like remote hiking trails and we're cleaning and I'm still working on the weekend. And so is McCall. Yeah. And so we just like the notion that we can sleep in till 7 30 <laughs> you know like yeah oh <laughs> dude I, that's a religious experience man sleeping in i i don't even know if i'm capable of it now but so mine yeah my um if if i get 
a moment of indulgence. Nicole's great about it. In case you're listening, baby, th thank you. <laughs> but it'll be a nap. And like even so, even when there was a thing like going on vacation before all this, that's just what I would look forward to is an afternoon nap. And I think that's because I'm getting close to 40. Mm -hmm. You know, just being able to slow down for a second and and disconnect. There have been times these last couple of days where I would just wander out of the room when my family's having a great time. And I would like like that scene from um, Kindergarten Cop when Schwarzenegger dropped straight <laughs> down. You know what I mean? Yep. That has been me a couple of times where I'm just it's a mix between emotional, physical, spiritual, mental exhaustion. I think I think Lisa and I have an unspoken rule between us, which is when you catch the other one napping, you let it go. Like, oh yeah, you know. So let me let me ask you: Are you what kind of napper are you? Are you the power napper? Like twenty thirty minutes is all you need. Or are you the like my wife who she's down? She needs an hour and a half minimum. So I. I can do both. I'm an adaptable sleeper. Okay. Uh, you know, I am like gas. I'll fill whatever container I'm in. <laughs> um, these days, like unless it's a birthday or Father's Day or I don't know, excuse I can give, it's going to be like a 20-minute nap. What I was getting good at for a while because we just recently moved was the after-dinner couch not off. Oh. That was great. But so our couch – Looked like, I don't know, a methed out cheetah was pissed at it by the time we left. And so we ordered a new one. And I don't know if you know this, it takes like familial generations to order furniture. Like if you're getting custom furniture, yeah, you're growing the tree, yep. you know, and then they have to get like deaf monks to carry it down from whatever remote mountain it is. <laughs> so we have our, we are all, if we are going to cuddle, have our sort of puritanical looking, very proper at a right angle couch that can fit, you know, maybe two healthy eaters, but all four of us. So there is no after dinner nap anymore. Um, mm. And and I got to say, and I know, I know there's greater struggles out there. That, that would be nice. That would be Damn. nice. Damn. That's, uh, yeah, dude. I, I mean, I, I don't think we've ha faced a harder decision in our marriage than deciding on what new couch to buy like that that decision is, how'd you guys figure it out uh, I, months months of searching and we ultimately just finally like found shit that we liked on instagram and it was like that one just we we both like that one let's make it happen and it was from west elm it wasn't custom it was a stupid amount of money but i it, to me it was just like I don't care anymore. Like I just want the couch in the house. So whatever, whatever the cost. And what do you, sorry, no, no, go ahead. I was going to say then, all right, what do you, so if you guys have this, I'm, I'm, I am curious about this because they're hard to find these days. I know, you know, ditch digging, box breaking, um, <laughs> gross compost, refreshing. What do you do then to find a moment's peace to clear your head to, I don't know, just check out for a minute. Is it, is it an app? Um, I, uh, I get up at least 30 minutes earlier than I know Owen will get up. So that's just like a cup of coffee. Right. And I, and I think it almost all parents do that, but my moment of Zen is, um, so, you know, you know, uh, Owen has epilepsy and, um, although he's been, 
really good for the past, you know, year and a half, knock on wood, a lot of his, most of his seizures came at night. So we just got into the routine of laying with him for like the first 20 to 45 minutes while he's falling asleep. That was like generally when a big seizure would happen. Um, so it's just become that, that is our habit now. And so that moment of Zen, like now I get a solid 20, 30 minute early uh, bedtime with him where I can, if I'm tired, I'll zonk out and wake up like, oh my God, I'm ready to take on the world. And go dig another ditch, damn it. (laughs) Dude, I'll flip that compost. I'll get that thing going. That sounds nice. It's funny for for us. the The chill moments are in the morning again, making Sunday school, you know, just so <laughs> unlikely. But um, in the evening, and I, I, from what I understand, this this is how it is with a lot of other kids and parents. My kids get super amped up, like they rage against the dying of the light. You know what I mean? It is cuckoo bananas time, super silliness. Everything is heightened, and so there aren't there are few of those storybook moment bedtimes. Like even if we have a nice reading and they're so super chill, then they'll just turn on like Jim Carrey from the mask. And (laughs) it is, it is so, it's so awful. And we become such dicks then too, because we're also exhausted. You know, we want to, we want to tell our kids like, go to bed. Damn it. Damn it. Just go to bed and have a nice sleep. Damn it. Yeah. All right, I'll stir the pot. What is average bedtime for you guys? For the kids, for the kids. Uh, so this is a safe space. You can if it's 11:30, it's okay. You can admit it. I'll judge a little. I'm confident that two people will be listening to this podcast. So. <laughs> I'd like to ask both of you not to you know, um I uh it depends. So last night they were in bed by eight thirty. You know that was that was great. Yep. Tonight, like they might have still been awake by the time you and I started talking. Because uh, I'm going to blame Will Arnett. Mm-hmm. You know, if he would just close his mouth during Lego Masters, we would have gotten to the heat of the matter, <laughs> the heart of the matter, the heat of the meat, so much more quickly. But yeah, what about you guys? Um, you know, we sh- well we were shooting for like in bed reading a book by like 7.30, 7.45. But with the quarantine happening and then summer and then him just being like eight years old, that that kind of progressed to later and later where we were looking at the clock is like, oh shit, it's 80, 8.30. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're now that, but now that school is like coming back full swing, we'll probably be an 8, 8.30 bedtime for him. We have talked about the idea of putting a plan together for us to discuss the notion <laughs> of being a little more rigid with the bedtime. Uh, last night was a one-off, but since we start school next week, yeah, and having the uh, 7.58 a.m. start time, we can't do it the way that we've done it in the past where, you know, like the kids will crawl into bed with McCall and um have a nice we have them this one thing i am I'm, i guess I'm, i've been a little proud of because we have let them watch more tv we try to balance it and you know reading and and getting outside and 
and doing art, but we have let them watch more TV during this crazy period. Yeah. What we have been doing is we have them write four sentences about what they want to do today. Okay. And so it was the only way, it was part of course good for them and to get them back into, you know, writing and, um, you know, in a, in a more formal structure. But I got to tell you, there was that little bit of me that then made me feel like less of a shitty parent for then letting them watch a little TV in the morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was their, that was their broccoli before they had the macaroni and cheese dinner. That's pretty good. That's, that's, um, I, I like that idea. We might have to lift that, but do, do you allow, do you allow the twins to, um, get away with like, is the fourth sentence like play or watch Lego masters? Uh, it started out. So, um, uh, it started out where one of the kids was definitely doing much more simple structure, but it was just saying like, you know, I like Beatles, you know, cause, uh, Tristan is, 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 you know, early on when I realized I couldn't show them all the movies and shows I wanted to, you know, like I'm waiting, I'm dying to show them Goonies and that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, I did put on nature documentaries. So Tristan, they both love them, but Tristan especially gravitated towards animals. So that's typically what he writes about. So it was just, he would okay. do, you know, I like beetles. I like to catch beetles. Yep. And so early on, we didn't, you know, we weren't pushing him on the content as much as just, you know getting used to writing and, and, and afterwards checking the spelling, but having them read it. But, you know, but like Poppy, she's going to rule the world one day and she's, she's writing, um, you know, I think she could do copy right now for a lot of ad agencies. Um, she, it's, it's pretty great. She said, you know, like I am excited to play, I'm excited to do uh, pranks with Tristan because it is a whole lot of fun. That's pretty good. That's it's, it's solid. Beginning so that's one of her strengths. There. Yeah, she's uh, she can uh, cut a good narrative. You know what I mean? Nice. So you you mentioned you know you mentioned the epilepsy and and one thing I, I don't think we talked about was and I know, I know that's not why you're on here but but to what we've been talking about with with your well first you you created a, a documentary if you'd like to to mention that because I have I have a bunch of questions on how the hell you did that and how you handle the rollout these days yeah sure um so uh the agency i work for team one um does a pretty cool thing every year called launch an idea where basically they invite all employees to pitch an idea that does good in the community or gives back to the community or helps a nonprofit. and it's just like a shark tank style pitch right and so, um, you know, epilepsy obviously is, is a very, very big aspect of my life and Lisa's life. And um, when we moved back to Texas, there were laws in place that allowed him to try medical cannabis oil. And so we had to go through the hoopla of that, of getting him approved. And there's all these crazy regulations. And then just the price is, is significant um, because insurance can't cover that. Did I, did I see that it was $400 a month? It can, I mean, it, yeah, it can be. So we're, we're, we pay a pretty low amount compared to a lot of families. We're at like $300 a month. But depending on like, you know, a patient's needs, you could spend $1,000 a month on oil. Jesus. So, um, so we, I pitched this idea of 
I'd like to make a short documentary that follows some families in Texas that have a child with epilepsy and they're using medical cannabis oil to help treat that. And then um, talk about some of those restrictions and the costs and things like that. And then use this mini documentary as a vehicle to, to raise some funds and, and, and raise some money for some of these families. And so we can help some of the financially insecure families afford their oil. So, um, that one, and then it was like, cool, go make the, go make your film now. And I was like, oh shit, now I got to make this. When was that? Huh? When was that? When was it greenlit? 2019. That yeah. That's what they say, right? Greenlit? Greenlit. Yeah. If you're into the Hollywood thing. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the beginning of 2019 and we spent, um, you know, it was basically a passion project. It's not like they gave us a lot of money to make it happen. Um, and so we called in a lot of favors and being in advertising, we had a lot of relationships and I had some personal friends that we could, um, lean on. And so we just kind of did it in our spare time trying to schedule, you know, me, a director, a DP, an audio guy with these families who have some pretty crazy things happening in their life. And then, you know, over you find the families? what's that? How'd you find the families? I did, um, we did like an initial outreach just through the epilepsy community um, on Facebook. And then the dispensary that uh, we use for oil, they, I reached out to them and they had some patients who had like previously expressed an interest in sharing their story in any capacity. So like we ended up with a list of 30 patients um, who, who, who would be interested. And so, and then I called every single one of them and just talked to them and, and wanted to hear about their story from there. We just kind of culled that list down to the five families that we ended up uh, following and, and filming and interviewing. So I would imagine before you pitched it, that there had to be some sort of reckoning though. I'm sure is more the idea of it or that, you know, you're going to be sharing a lot with a lot of people and then did you have that fear or worry again before it rolled out? Because I'm sure you're in the heart of it. And then, of course, COVID comes in and things are nuts. And then right before it launches, did you, were you vulnerable, worried, insecure, scared? What, you know, for, I mean, not even just for yourselves, for, for Owen or with the other families. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I didn't want our family featured in it. Like I just wanted to be the writer on it and I wanted to be, you know, behind the camera interviewing the families. Um, and it was the director, Justin Wilson and, um, the DP, when we were on a shoot one day, they, they pulled me aside. They're like, Hey, we really think that you guys should be one of the families that we interview and, and you should be featured. And so it was, it was kind of like, you know, I already had the whole story mapped out in my head. And so there was a big shift where I had to like, think about it in a new way. And then I had to talk to Lisa and be like, what do you think about this? Like, this is really personal. But then again, I'm going to all these other families and asking them to share the most intimate aspect of their life. And so, you know, we felt like, look, all these other families are doing it, we should be we should be not afraid to to share this stuff on camera so we did and i'm really happy that you know justin convinced us to to be to be featured um but yeah to your question you know 
the quarantine thing and, and COVID being around, like that was one of the biggest blows was like, you know, with any film or documentary, when you release it, you try to premiere it at a film festival and that's where you get a lot of press and eyeballs. And we had um, submitted it to South by Southwest. We went pretty far in the process. And um, at the very end, they let us know that we didn't make the final cut. And I was super bummed about that. And then, you know, not even three weeks later, all this shit happened and they and then they just canceled it. Right. And I was like, I, I can't imagine if we had been accepted to South by to then have, to then have that rug pulled out, that would have been even more devastating. And so the original plan was let's just kind of hold on to this film and see how all of this stuff plays out. And maybe, you know, if things get better, we can hit the film festival circuit again. And, and it just, as you know, like it, that never happened. And, we just we kind of were like fuck it it's let's just put it out we'll put it online and and we'll do as get as many eyeballs on it as we can you mentioned the epilepsy community is there you know what is what is that like i guess as far as your experience in 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 dallas are you in dallas proper by the way yeah so in in dallas and then as well since the film was released i mean it's it's the community is, I mean, really it's moms, you know, like, as you can imagine, like they're, they're the warriors that are fighting for all this. So they're super tight. And I mean, just constantly like helping each other out. My wife takes a phone call probably every week with a friend of a friend of a friend whose kid just had a seizure or was just diagnosed with epilepsy. Right. And so it's amazing to have those women and that whole group around. And, and um, it's, they, it's been the, everybody's been really happy with the film and, and um, you know, it's been great to have like all of their support. I will say like, I'm a little frustrated with some of the nonprofit groups who are surrounding that space because we initially uh, approached them to like partner up and and do this proper financial assistance program and um they were just hesitant because it was still medical cannabis and there's still that stigma around and so you know is what when you're getting pushback on the cb when you're hearing the pushback are they saying you know it's it's sinners or is it stupid cheech and chong jokes or is it the sort of is it the, I understand there's still some like banking infrastructure confusion because uh, if you have dispensaries in certain states, then you can't use certain uh, financial institutions. Mm -hmm. is, is that it? It's just. It's, it's all of those things. It's, oh, that's awful. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy because, you know, I think a lot of us tend to realize like medical cannabis is a thing and, and, and marijuana isn't that big of a deal, but there's still this huge portion of the population that look down on it and see it as a gateway drug. And so they think like, Oh, you're getting your kid high. Or one of the families that we interviewed is um, a Hispanic family and the mother, the grandmother um, was just adamantly like, no way. I cannot believe you're doing this. My grandson, you're going to go to hell. 
And they had to get like a priest involved to like sit down with the grandmother and be like, this is a medication and this is something that's, you know, grown from the earth and it's natural and it's organic. Like, and it, it took that level of intervention for, you know, the grandmother to be accepting of this. And I think, you know, just for Texas, there's still, it's still, we're still a red state, right? And it's just this conservative political bullshit that, you know, it's still like, you know, people are afraid that it's a gateway drug and um, it's, it's like reefer madness. It's like saying that was, you know, that was what I was trying to yeah. remember. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Look at that. That's bad. Look at that. So we can do our shit over here, but marijuana is terrible. You know, it was crazy. So when we were filming it, it just happened that um, a bill came up that was expanding the access. So in Texas, um, it was only legal for patients who had intractable epilepsy, which is just a fancy way of saying like, pharma medications can't control seizures. Um, and so when we were filming this bill to expand it to all these other neurological disorders came up and we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like we have to make this part of the film. And we were, we were filming it. The Republicans were very hesitant about expanding it. And ultimately they did. But what blew my mind is they left vets off of the bill so that's with ptsd but like you have you know that's supposed to be the party that's all about respecting the troops supporting the troops right was there any what what was said why what justification was given there's no scientific proof that it helps ptsd and so and you had all of these vets coming in to give testimony saying like you guys put me on opioids for this ptsd and like i was doing heroin and then I found cannabis and I'm still breaking the law, but like, I'm not on heroin. Like what I'm not on op these farm pharma opioids. Like, how can you do this to me? And they still had the audacity to like, now nah, we're going to leave them off this bill. I know it's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I'm happy to hear that it was expanded for others, but yeah, any sort of reason given to that is just confounding. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that at the end of the, uh, uh, the movie that was, it was, it was really beautiful. And I, I watched it, uh, with McCall. I started watching it the other day at, on my favorite movie theater, LinkedIn. Mm. You know? <laughs> and I didn't finish it honestly. And so we watched it, uh, last night and, I think I sent you the joke that like this is the first of my podcast that she actually wants to listen to now when I, I told her I was uh, interviewing you. Um, hey, so uh, there's a, a segment that I'm doing on my first interview that I've ever had. It's a recurring segment. All uh, right. I love it. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's questions from my kids, you know, and so since, you know, Correct. part of so our opening theme song, we're trying to do this for. <laughs> for for pancake luncheon um we're incorporating the kids as much as we can not during the recording because it's it's like this where we're swearing a lot but having candid conversations and um this is probably going to uh be released after the pancake luncheon episode you're on cool you had the best time ever didn't you yeah dude it was <laughs> so much fun so much fun that we're recording it tomorrow but like our kids are going to do the opening song and it's along the lines of 
do 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 pancake luncheon. Love it. And then we're going to get them on. So we use this platform uh, anyway. We're going to get them to do like commercials and stuff and not, you know, just like, I don't know, explaining it very silly way, trying not to feel like a stage parrot, but just have a silly conversation about like, what the hell is a podcast platform? Love it. Uh, Love it. Uh, so they have questions for you. Okay. Yeah. I can't so, wait. Tristan's, and you've touched on this a little bit, but wanted to know, what is your favorite thing to do with Owen? <sighs> oh, Tristan, that is a, that is a deep question, my friend. Um, he's a deep boy. He's, he's very spiritual. He's very soulful. Mm, man. So there are three things that immediately come to mind. And um, as I talk them out, maybe I can maybe I can figure out which one is our favorite. So we're we are Owen and I are big wrestlers. We will get we uh, we have a king size mattress. We go to town and just wrestle our, our brains out. And um, Sean, I don't know if you can see some of the scratches on my face. Um, he gets pretty wild. It's a cage um, match. So he, but so that's always fun. Like uh, I love doing that. And then, like I said, we're into the Legos. It, it really does astound me. Like I'm not a three dimensional thinker, thinker at all, and Owen clearly is. And so he just freestyles some pretty rad stuff. Um, so we we love to do the Legos together. And then the third one is, um, I'll admit, like this partially is just lazy parenting, but we are big, like movie watchers together. So any movie that comes out, we will buy it or rent it or whatever that that day. We watch it together. We laugh. Like I'm very, I have a very sophomore sense of humor, so I love watching his cartoons. Mm-hmm. I have convinced myself that his love for TV is okay because he'll be a screenwriter in the future. That's I, <laughs> I'll say to Tristan too, like you should write those stories. You have so many good ideas. Really trying again to justify the TV. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, those are, I mean, those are the three Tristan. I think uh, just from being a good parent perspective, building Legos with Owen is my favorite thing to do. That's the correct answer, uh, judges. And then uh, Penelope, you're gonna have to knock down your walls here. Okay. All right. She's 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 getting into the real Ryan, not this facade oh, that you've been throwing our way for the last hour. Hollow <laughs> man, do you like nature shows? Is it Blue Planet? Is Blue Planet right? That is un. <laughs> that is a nature show. Yeah. <laughs> That I, I, I look. I'll say this: there's a uh, a show on Netflix, kids Netflix, that's like freaky animals or weird animals or something like that, and it's it's a nature documentary. But the voiceover is ridiculous. Like they do, just like uh, Adult Swim, not Adult Swim, but they do like Cartoon Network type of like interactions, and and um, it's excellent. I do appreciate a good nature show or documentary, but I would I need to get into them more. I'm going to be honest with you. I need to get into them more. I feel like there's a long way for you to say no. I think your answer It's not a no. That's a uh, that's a that's a, you know, maybe. It's pliable. <laughs> you know, 
you're still growing, right? Yeah. It really was. I remember, dude, I remember the moments where McCall um, just, I think, up all night with the kids. And so I had them and I remember like I was exhausted too. And they were just at that age where I couldn't watch everything. Because I remember like I, I had, uh, I put on this wonderfully shitty, you know, B movie like a week or two before called The Miami Connection. It was Taekwondo, rock and rollers, fighting drug smuggling ninjas. And it's awesome. The, an Oscar winner, right? Clearly. It's if, if Oscar has a last name, like <laughs> Oscar Samuels likes it. And then they were just getting a little bit older and I was going to put on another one. And I realized I couldn't. And so in that moment, put on my nature shows. And I, you know, yes, Blue Planet is one nicely done. You've <laughs> you took the landing. Um, and then since then, man, you know, because I mean, there are the moments where, you know, I'd say roughly just to make up a number, one third of nature shows are um, sex. Yeah. Or at least foreplay. Uh, that's led to some interesting conversations. Mm. You know, there is a lot of animals eating animals. They're not all herbivore nature shows. So that was the only sort of questionable material that they saw in there. Um, and I still, you know, David Attenborough's soothing voice is talking about mating, but I'm just saying, oh, that's just how they play. It's like when I hug mom <laughs> or when I hold mommy's hand and I don't think they're buying what I'm selling. But we do it. it's, it's a whole thing. Like when a new one comes out, we'll, uh, you know, we'll sit down and watch it. That's awesome. I made a, a fateful mistake early on in Owen's life, which was I put on Thomas the Tank Engine. It was at that point we were living in Southern California and it came on the same time every morning. And he got hooked on that so hard. Um, and I wish I could rewind the tape. And instead of putting on Thomas the Tank Engine, I wish I would have put on a nature documentary. I see the pain in your eyes. It, dude, it was, I mean, it was, it was a, <laughs> to this day, like his longest running obsession. We tried to watch it. I think that was one of the ones where, so I, I don't mind watching the kids shows too. Like they, they were just, they just finished Airbender, the last Airbender, um, this show on Netflix called Archibald. Uh, is hysterical, dude. You got to check it out. Okay. Those are those are great. And even if I have my phone or laptop, I don't remember Thomas the Tank Engine. I mean, not as bad as Teletubbies. Yeah, but it's still. up there. It's unwatchable. It's yeah. unwatchable. Yeah. Well, man, I think we did it. Is this? Is that? Is that it? I, I guess. So. I thought this was the foreplay. I thought we hadn't even started. We're going long. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we did it. I think we 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 nailed a conversation, not even an interview. I hope so. I hope I gave you something good. I don't see why I wouldn't just put it out there. I mean, outside of everything that makes me look like a bad dad, I'm going to keep all the ones that you know where you were honest about. Mm. Yeah, I'll edit, I'll edit that shit out. That's that totally shit. fair. I, I think so. I will say, like the. the the one upside to this quarantine, um, and I, I, this dawned on me after you and I talked on the phone the other day. I have reconnected with a lot of like a lot of my friends who, I'm, and I'm the type of person who I hate talking on the phone. Like a text will do, um, mm -hmm. but this quarantine and COVID and shelter in place like kind of forced 
that hand. And so I started having phone conversations with buddies and, and contacts. And I realized like, you know what? I, I like, I I'm down with the phone call. I like catching up with people. Like you and I had a great conversation catching up the other day. This was an extension of that. Yeah. I, you know, it's been, it's been good for me too. What I, I, I need to work to carve that time out because similar to parenting, I am at my worst when I'm, I'm split. You know what I mean? Yep. And so like, that's why I'm glad we're having this conversation close to midnight, you know, because I still do have some dishes I have to do. <laughs> it's, it's easier to shut the noise away because I, I, I want to do this more. But to your point as well, when I do, it does allow for this. I mean, because really that's what my podcast is, is me talking to two buddies and you'll, you'll see tomorrow. I mean, we already you, did it. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. When we, it was, it was a great time. Yep. Uh, you were hilarious. That joke you cracked about is that we hot tool. Yeah. The, yeah. Yes. You nailed it. That was the correct pronunciation. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to, to hear that again when we play it, <laughs> that specific joke you made. But no, it, it's when I can do it, like it, I've almost forgotten how, because so many of my other conversations I have when finding people work is always, I think, first thing I said to you, like, it's always a conversation to an agenda. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I'm going to see you again, in like less than 24 hours, I think, or, you know. Yeah, negative 24 hours. But yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Um, no, thanks for having me on, dude. This was, this was great. Oh, you never said the the URL for chasinghopefilm.com. Would you like to share the URL? It is that. It is chasinghopefilm.com. The the movie or the short doc is called Chasing Hope. And um, if you see it and it brings you to tears, which I hope it does, and you feel so inclined to want to help some of these families, um, you can make a, a donation. Any small amount will, will be uh, amazing. And again, that's chasinghopefilm.com. You're a good man. As are you. Thank you. And thank you for answering my kids' questions. I love it, dude. I love it. All right, dude. Well, hey, uh, get some rest. And honestly, this was awesome. Thank you yeah. so much. All right, Sean. I'll talk to you later, buddy. Bye-bye. Pancake Luncheon is a presentation of Fact Camp Media, LLC. Do-do, do-do, do-do.